This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to Trash Talk with TK. I'm TK Tom Kelly. Over the course of this episode, we'll talk about Markel Fultz and his interesting offseason as he looks to remake his shot and really remember how to play basketball. Talk about a disturbing rumor to me about a guy the Sixers are looking into potentially and the Phillies as they approach the trade deadline disappointing past couple days and who they might be acquiring let's get started today on the show I want to start off by talking about the Sixers and Markel Fultz and the situation going on with Markel Fultz right now he is training with Drew Hanlon renowned basketball trainer renowned Shot doctor, if you will. Guy trains a lot of different NBA players. Uh, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, just a few. Um, He'll put out videos from his uh, training sessions for his company, Pure Sweat. And one of his prized pupils at at the moment, one of his prized pupils, one of the guys he is mainly focused on training this summer and making a better basketball player is Markel Fultz. And the Markel Fultz situation, what we saw last year, is completely unprecedented. It is completely unprecedented in the history of the NBA. A guy to come into the league completely forget how to shoot, in a lot of ways forget how to play basketball. And it is the number one concern for this organization this offseason. As long as Markel Fultz is not moved via trade, his name obviously mentioned in rumors dealing with Kawhi Leonard, who was the prized um, addition this offseason, the prized uh, guy out there this offseason to acquire, considering LeBron James, in the end, he was always going to L.A. Paul George didn't give anybody else a shot. He was always staying in Oklahoma City. Kawhi Leonard is the top dog out there, and there is still a chance Markel Fultz gets moved in a potential Kawhi Leonard deal, even though, to be honest with you, I don't really know what the value is at this point for Markel Fultz. There are conflicting reports, conflicting opinions, whether Markel Fultz is even somebody San Antonio's interested in at this point, and that's why his situation is the number one concern. Nobody knows what Markel Fultz is going to end up being. And I personally don't have the same level of confidence that some people do about Markel Fultz training with Drew Ham. Yeah, it's it's great. Great that he is out there working. He's doing three workouts a day or the reports, different drills, not just shot stuff, but all-around basketball movements to make him a better player. It's exactly what he should be doing. Exactly what Markel Fultz should be doing to try to become a better basketball player and try to become, you know, the third star, if you will, that the Sixers need. 
But after what I saw last season, I just don't have a level of confidence that's going to happen. You know, it's like, it's like some people think there aren't other trainers out there. There's nobody else he can go to. There's nobody else who can make Markel Fultz a better basketball player than Drew Hanlon. I just don't buy it. I saw a guy last year that was mentally fragile. And, you know, I, it's got to be tough for a 19-year-old kid coming into the league as the number one overall pick. Not just the number one overall pick, but the number one overall pick that the team drafted up or traded up to get. That's a lot of pressure, a ton of pressure on a young kid. Every move he makes, scrutinized, it's got to be brutal. I can't imagine that going through that kind of level of scrutiny at 19. I can't rem- I can't imagine going through that level of scrutiny now, and I'm 31. It's got to be inc- incredibly difficult. But when I look at Markel Fultz and I compare him to a Jason Tatum, to a Donovan Mitchell, some of these other guys last year who were the same age or a little older in Mitchell's case, they look leaps and bounds in front of Markel Fultz. And I'm just not going to buy just hearing reports that Markel Fultz is out working with Drew Hanlon and that he looks good, that everything's fixed. I can't buy in that way. And I understand why people would. You want to have that hope. You want to have that 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 feeling that he is going to come back and make this a significantly better team. But I just can't bring myself there. I can't bring myself to believe that Markel Fultz is going to be a completely different player physically and mentally until I see him do it on the floor. That's why I really don't understand why he's playing in Summer League. The fact that he's at the Summer League spectating, but not playing. I don't get it. I don't understand. Why wouldn't, if he's making this rapid development, why wouldn't he be on the floor getting work in in game action? Why wouldn't he be doing that? It tells me that the team, Drew Hanlon, maybe Markel Fultz, don't believe he's ready to do that. At what point is he going to be ready? At what point is Markel Fultz going to be ready to accept the responsibility of being a a big contributor to this organization? Because the way the offseason is shaped up, we all had our hopes incredibly high. Higher than I can ever remember for a Sixers offseason without a doubt, but maybe any offseason ever. We were going after LeBron James, maybe the best athlete of a generation. Of my of my lifetime, the three best athletes of my lifetime, Michael Jordan, Tom Brady, and LeBron James, three best players I've ever seen in any sport. We were going after a guy like that, and we struck out on LeBron, and we struck out on Paul George, and we could strike out on Kawhi Leonard, even though that is still a possibility. But the thing is, if we strike out on all those guys, this team is coming back with a very similar roster, almost an identical roster to last season. And that's a disappointing thing. 
considering we had these high hopes that we're going to come back, even though the organization is still in very good shape under the stewardship of um, Brett Brown with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid obviously leading the way. This is going to be a very similar roster. And you know what that means? The big addition to the roster, the guy who's going to need to make a massive impact to make this a significantly better team is Markel Fultz. There's nobody else coming in that is going to change the face of this team, going to elevate this team to where we want it to go, which is up above the Boston Celtics. Have a team that can compete with the Golden State Warriors. Right now, the Sixers are still light years away from that. Light years away. Yeah, if they get Kawhi, things change significantly in the in the stroke of a pen. And if you get Kawhi and you sign him long-term, you are on the road to championships and Eastern Conference supremacy for years to come. But until that happens, the guy that you need to rely on to get you to that level is Markel Fultz. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid will get better, of course. They can't do it alone. You need another guy to be a significant contributor. Dario's a nice player. Covington's a nice player. They, they, they perform roles adequately on your roster. But you need another difference maker. That is what the Sixers don't have right now. That is what Markel Fultz needs to become. And I can't buy into the fact that he's going to be that guy. I just don't have that level of confidence right now. I know a lot of people do. I know, you know, there's excitement about him working with Drew Hanlon. I just don't have it. I don't have it. And I really am concerned about Markel Fultz going forward. I hope he can figure it out. I hope he can get his game to where it was coming out when he was the consensus number one pick in the draft. But until I see it on the floor, I can't buy into the hype, and I have a lot of concerns as to whether Markel Fultz can become what the Sixers need him to become, which is a third star and a massive difference maker in this league. Now, before we move on to the Phillies, I want to address you know, a few reports earlier this week that the Sixers could be possibly considering signing and bringing in the likes of Carmelo Anthony. That is something that, as I told you, I'm concerned about Markel Fultz, not nearly as concerned about the fact that bringing Carmelo Anthony would be one of the greatest mistakes in the history of this organization. You talk about a young team that is developing, a young team that's getting better, a young team that's on the rise. I don't know of a player in this league that could stifle that process and set you back more than Carmelo Anthony. First of all, he's done. He's washed up. Carmelo Anthony is nowhere close to the player he was 10 years ago. He's nowhere close to the player he was five years ago. He's not even close to the player he was Two years ago, he plays no defense whatsoever on a team that I think relies on its defense. The Sixers, when you watch them, everything is predicated off the defense. They get going 
when they are getting stops. It's a big reason why they lost the Boston series. They could not come up with the big stops in that series when they needed them. Just could not do it. Boston executed on the offensive end. They couldn't get the stops. And that's when they have at that position, at that three position, four position, wherever you play Carmelo. They have guys who are far superior defenders in Covington, Sarich, Justin Anderson. Guys who are who pride themselves in playing on the defensive end of the floor. That would only get drastically worse with Carmelo Anthony out there. He's a selfish player. He is due to make $27 million. $27 million a season. If you would just stay in Oklahoma City, do what was best for the organization, which has come off the bench, which they want him to do. I think they consider keeping keeping him on. But Oklahoma City is now going to buy Carmelo Anthony out because he said, no way, I'm not a bench player. I'm not coming off the bench. I can't think of a more selfish attitude than that. And if he's not going to come off the bench there, what's he going to... He's not starting here. Would he be willing to come off the bench here? I don't want a guy like that in this locker room. I don't want a guy like that infecting... The, the mindset infecting the development of Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and Markel Fultz. I don't want a guy like Carmelo Anthony in here because the guy's toxic. The guy is not one anywhere he's gone. He made one conference final when he was with Denver. That was a lifetime ago in NBA years. Went to New York, did nothing. Got multiple coaches fired. Clashed with the organization. Clashed with teammates. A lot of people who have had interactions with him would tell you, not a team player, not a team guy, not a fit at all here. That's another thing. Offensively, the Sixers' offensive strategy is built on ball movement. They're not an ISO team. They want to move the ball, Ben Simmons penetrate, kick out, spot up shooting from the outside, Ball movement. Brett Brown talks about it all the time. Pace and space, and they want to pass the ball. They want to share the ball. That's when the Sixers play at their best. Carmelo Anthony is a ball stopper. Not in the good way. Not defensively. Offensively. The ball gets to Carmelo Anthony. It stops. He wants to play iso ball. He wants to chuck it up. He wants to get his. That guy would be an awful fit in Philadelphia. I really hope that it doesn't come to pass that he ends up signing here. I don't think it will. I I guess maybe the Sixers just had some level of interest. Kevin O'Connor of the Ringer uh, reported that he heard their names. But, you know, Carmelo, I don't even know why any contender would want him, even though you've heard the Lakers, you've heard the Rockets. The Rockets make zero sense to me. You already have two very ball-dominant players in Chris Paul and James Harden and a team that already doesn't play much defense, Carmelo Anthony on that team, they might be the worst defensive team, one of the worst defensive teams in NBA history. If they replace Trevor Ariza, who was one of their best defensive players, with Carmelo Anthony, who plays zero defense, it would be a massive downgrade on both sides of the floor, but especially defensively. The Houston Rockets would become one of the worst defensive teams in NBA history. But hey, if they want him, go ahead and have him. I want no parts of Carmelo Anthony in Philadelphia.
It would be a disaster. And I would be very, very upset with Brett Brown and the front office if they seriously were considering bringing in Carmelo Anthony and ended up doing so. Now we'll talk about the Phillies as they approach the trade deadline. Will they acquire Manny Machado? What will they do at the deadline? Let's talk a little Phillies baseball. Over the last couple days, disappointing series in New York for the Phillies in a lot of ways. Two absolutely brutal losses. Phillies going to New York. They got four games all very winnable. All games they should win. The Mets are a brutally bad team. And the Phillies lose two of those games in walk-off fashion in ways where, you know, the offense just didn't get it done. The offense not performing well enough. They get shut out in 10 innings on Wednesday night. Now, four games before the break with Baltimore. One with Baltimore coming up here. Um, I'm recording this podcast right before the Phillies-Orioles game. Uh, That game going on Thursday night. Then a weekend set of three with the Marlins in Miami. And the Phillies need to improve their team going in the break. I mean, if they are going to make a legitimate run at the division title, which we have started to believe can happen, we've started to believe is a legitimate possibility as this season's gone on, I, I the Phillies are ahead of schedule. There's no doubt. They're ahead of schedule with the rebuild. I think everybody thought they'd be better this year, they'd be entertaining this year, but I don't think anybody believed they would really be able to compete for a division title. A lot of that is due to the Washington Nationals being a massive disappointment. Washington was supposed to completely run away with this with this division. My honest opinion is I still think Washington does end up getting it together and winning the division. They're, they're the most talented team. There's no doubt about that. Bryce Harper's had a brutal first half. They still have Harper, Zinner, Zimmerman, Murphy, the kid Soto, has been a revelation. I still think the Nationals probably win the division. But the Phillies have a real shot. But they're not going to be able to do this with their team as currently constituted. I thought going into this week, these eight games going into the break, they needed to prove to Matt Klintak that that they were worth concerning themselves with, that they were worth investing. I still believe they are. But it's been a massively disappointing week. I thought they had to go 6-2 and two in these eight games against these brutal teams they were playing. They, have, they can still do that, but they'd have to win the Final Four. And I'm telling you, we look back at the end of the season, we look at these two losses in New York, they could be two games that we remember. As these were two that really got away and really cost them. And when you look at those games, two things stand out. And they're the two biggest needs for this team as they head toward the deadline. Bullpen and another bat in the order. And I have said for months now, obviously, with what we've seen from the bullpen, that that is the biggest need on this team. That is the biggest weakness on this team. That is what the Phillies need above all else. They need bullpen help, and they need it now. But I don't know. As I've seen this team perform, as I've seen the deficiencies offensively over the last couple weeks, I got to say, this team might need a bat 
in the middle of the order worse than bullpen help. I think you need them both. If you're really going, if you're really going to make a run, you're serious about making a run. You're serious about making a run. You're serious about competing right now, which I think they should be. You need both. You need to go out. You need to get two arms for the bullpen, and you need to get one big bat in the order. That does not necessarily mean Manny Machado, even though over time I have become increasingly open to that idea. Because of the way this team's hung in the race. Because of what they have accomplished and where they are at this point in the year. Before I thought, you know, trading for Manny Machado when he's going to be a free agent in the offseason, not worth the risk. Not worth the risk. You can just go out and sign him. But the more you hear about it, the more the reports come out that Manny Machado might be more open to signing with the team he's traded to. Obviously, you're not going to get any guarantees in that front because Machado would be a fool not to test the market. But there could be value in getting him in now, getting him into your organization now, getting him around your your players, getting him around Gabe Kapler, who I think is a guy who is well-respected in that clubhouse, a guy who is uh, a, somebody who connects with the players on a very high level. There's value in possibly getting Manny Machado in here and possibly retaining him. Because I do worry about him getting traded to a place like New York. As the Yankees have been bannied about as, as a, a contender who's now legitimately pursuing Manny Machado. And they have all the money in the world. He could just stay there. And you might never even get a crack at him in free agency. This is a critical period for Matt Klintak. Because all of the Phillies rebuild, basically, has been develop, 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 pounce, this summer, or this winter, when the offseason, this winter, on either Manny Machado or Bryce Harper. As it's developed, it's become increasingly clear that the guy who'd be more likely to come here and the guy who the Phillies would be more likely to pursue would be Machado. If Matt Klentak strikes out this winter, and the Phillies don't get either of these players, i.e., they don't get Manny Machado, Matt Klintak will get criticized mercilessly. And right, rightfully so. This team was built off develop, 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 and then when the time's right, we will spend and we will get our guy because we're an attractive market and we got a ton of money and players will want to come play here. If they don't get Manny Machado and it's looked at that they didn't get him because they were unwilling to part with Zach Eflin, it's going to be it's going to be a rough period for Matt Kalentak. It will be. Now, there are other options out there. I would love to go get Adrian Beltre, even though that's tough because what you really need is a shortstop. Beltre's just the third baseman. And then you got to take Michael Franco out of the lineup. Michael Franco's been swinging a good bat. So you don't necessarily want to replace him, but if you take Franco out, then you'd have a premier bat off the bench, which is not something to sneeze at. You know, having a guy like Michael Franco coming off the bench would be big for this team. Because that's one area where they have really struggled to get production off the bench to get a reliable pinch hitter. Because Aaron Altair has been a complete disaster in that role. As far as bullpen help goes, the Phillies, I think they need two arms. There aren't enough reliable guys right now. 
Sir Anthony Dominguez is tremendous, but you're putting too much pressure on the kid. Putting too much pressure on him, pitching him two innings consistently, always asking him to get the big outs. That's a lot of pressure, especially as the games get bigger, which they will. Victor Arano has been good for the most part, but you saw him give up a walk off the other day. It's a lot of pressure on these guys. They need help. They need to not have to care, carry the heavy load every night. And right now, you got guys like Mark Leiter gave up a walk-off last night. You got Adam Morgan, Tommy Hunter. Those guys aren't reliable, and you need to use them in big spots sometimes because you don't have enough guys to rely on. You need bullpen help. Maybe it's Brad Hand. Maybe it's Zach Britton, but you need to go out and get one or two guys. And as I said, the Machado thing is very important to monitor as we go forward. I have really come around on the idea as it's something that Matt Klintak really needs to consider. I would not part with Sixto Sanchez. I would not want to part with Scott Crawford or Scott Kingery, rather, or J.P. Crawford. But it's something you might have to consider. I wouldn't want to do that. Because I think position players are so valuable. I think Sixto Sanchez is going to be a beast. But, you know, if the reports are true that that you could potentially do Zach Eflin for Manny Machado straight up, I think you got to do it. If you're not giving up quantity and you're just giving up one guy in Zach Eflin, who we had not regarded that highly before this year, for Manny Machado and possibly the opportunity to keep him long term, I'd do it in a heartbeat. You can replace starting pitchers. Players like Manny Machado don't come around every day. I wouldn't want to wouldn't want to mortgage the future, but if you're talking one guy and you just have to trade one player, one starting pitcher for Manny Machado, if it's going to help you potentially keep him in the offseason, if it's going to help you sign him in the offseason, get him in here for a couple months, I'd do that in a second. And that'll do it for Trash Talk with TK. I'll be back. I'll be on Sports Radio 94 WIP next week, Wednesday night, filling in for Joe Giglio, 6 to 10 p.m. Be sure to listen to me then. I will um, also be on Saturday into Sunday that following weekend, the weekend of the 20th. The 20th to the the, uh, 22nd, I'll be in that weekend. That's Saturday into Sunday night. So I'll uh, release more information about when I'll be on as it comes about. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you guys next time. See ya. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.